everybody. Just before we get to our podcast, we want to quickly plug a fun, interesting, and insightful book written by a good friend of the show, Jason Bowen. It's his second book of doodles and deep thoughts called Still Thinking. We're pretty certain that, unless you already have his first book, you haven't seen anything quite like it. It's cleverly designed and thoughtfully written. Both myself and Tyler have had a chance to read through it and peruse its various thoughts and writings, and there's a lot of stuff that really makes you stop and think. It's well worth the read. And we'd really appreciate it if you went to stillthinkingbook.com to check it out and support Jason's work. Once again, if you want to order your copy, go to stillthinkingbook.com. Thanks. Now back to the show. Hi, man. Welcome back to another uh, feedback episode. Oh, yes. You were having a kid soon, eh? Yeah. Uh, by the time this comes out, if the kid's not born, it'll be two days overdue, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting time to head for you. Yeah. Second kid. So, uh, you know, just for the viewers who don't know me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, got one boy. So, not sure what this is. So, everyone always asks. Yeah. But, uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. Interesting dynamic in the house for the next little bit. So, oh, totally. All right. Uh, well, let's get into our feedback episode here. So, yeah. obviously, we had Tim Challies on last episode. That was a lot of fun chat with him. Yeah. It was interesting to have somebody on that we, we didn't know a whole lot about going into it. And then yeah, we just learning did. about him as our conversation went on. And then, you know, we were best friends at the end. So. Yeah. I thought I kind of picked <laughs> up steam and, and people and we yeah. got to know him yeah. Yeah, better as we went along. Yeah, so. for sure. That was a lot of fun. Uh, anything, any highlights that stood out to you from, from the conversation? Yeah. I mean, not to walk through it all, but um, the what stood out to me right away when, when we started talking about um, uh, technology and the internet and uh, porn culture and stuff like that was that he said, I guess it was his parents, but like older generations never grew up with the internet. And now there was a, there was a gap there where the parents didn't really know how to teach their kids um, discipline online or like how to, um, to basically use, use technology, use apps, use right. the internet, use stuff like that. So I found it really interesting that he was encouraged by, the new generation of parents, young parents who now have experienced some of that, maybe not to the same extent with TikTok and all this yeah. crazy stuff. But then yeah, like some of some of these people, um, some of the parents have have gone through that. So now they can like better equip their kids. So it was like he was encouraged by that, that, you know, maybe the problem of um, like porn addiction and stuff like that is actually something we can deal with. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. That was it was really encouraging to hear that, honestly. Yeah, I think that's just yeah something we've probably seen just within the last 10 years, right? People yeah. are just much more aware. Uh, they just, they know what's going on both from the parent side of things and, and hopefully from, from the kid side of things. Yeah. You know, just growing up, you know, it's very much everywhere, but it's just a, it's a fact of life now. So you yeah. have to know how to deal with it basically. Yeah, for sure. Like, and as a young parent, it's like um, trying to stay on top of those apps. Like we talked about, he said, just, you know, watch what your kids are doing. And like, I mean, I, we all can't predict what the next, next app's going to be, but uh, yeah. yeah, it'll, you got to stay on top of that stuff to keep your kids safe. So exactly. Yeah. You also said like prevention is the best strategy. So you know, have yeah, I thought of... like two step, like filtering and then accountability or like filtering and then like, like kind of learning and coming alongside your kid. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So like filtering was like the first thing, like get it out of your home or like give the kid a chance to be raised in a, yeah. an environment without this kind of thing. Right. So yeah. And like the internet and a cell phone, all that kind of stuff is kind yeah. of like a car. Like you give your kid yeah, right. you know, advice and you train them along and then eventually, mm -hmm. you know, let them go obviously. So yeah. Yeah. It's not a it's not a run buck wild, but it's not shelter them the whole time. It's kind of a staggered approach. Yeah, uh, yeah. as you go. So yeah, yeah, those are some good words of wisdom on that point for sure. Yeah. Anything cool, else for us? No, I like so 
the I felt was interesting was like the the narrative, uh, the Christian narrative that we have to kind of bring now to the table when people are talking about um, being gay, being like trans and stuff like mm. that. Like I think kids are going to encounter that more and more moving forward in their life. And especially as like get into like high school age, that seems to be like a pressure from the world and, and understanding the narrative and the stories that I get told back and forth and equipping your kids to, to deal with those stories, which is, I mean, something that's difficult, obviously yeah. um, something that everyone has to think about. So totally. yeah, that, that whole conversation really piqued my interest too. Cause I think I, for sure we could definitely have a feature episode on the whole discussion around critical theory mm-hmm. and social justice yeah. and, uh, yeah, all those are kind of ideas too, because they're really coming to the fore. Yeah. Um, he didn't think so much in the churches here in Canada, which I would tend to agree with him on that yeah. point. But it is coming in this whole discussion around white privilege and and, and uh, white fragility and, and these sorts of ideas. And, and yeah, the it's whole more prevalent in the states. Guess, Black Lives yeah. Matter movement and, yeah. and what's all involved with that. Right. That's all very interesting. So I think, you know, not for sure, but there's a good chance we'll have an episode on that. In the yeah, next yeah. Two months. yeah i think yeah the social justice thing kind of piqued my interest too like yeah. the difference between actually doing good for people in society like mm. the poor and, and the needy and stuff like that and then um this you know kind of virtue signaling like yeah what's kind of going on it's so hard to like capture all those terms every time you hear a term you're like it's it's hard i can't even always pin the term like in my head well t- people have different definitions too which is yeah. what makes it tricky yeah i know even racism people say like, well that's what that was so. yeah totally that's what makes the whole yeah. conversation tricky too because critical theory and social justice take some of these like typically traditionally biblical concepts and they twist the meaning yeah so then if you're a well-meaning christian and you haven't uh, encountered what the whole doctrine and theology of social justice like capital s capital j yeah. is yeah it's very easy to get sucked into that if yeah. uh, you're just you know trying to be compassionate and and whatnot so yeah for sure that's uh, definitely for a future episode but maybe we should get into a few of the comments uh from yeah online in the facebook group there uh let's see which, yeah, there's a bunch of people engage with yeah um, well i don't know if you want to pick one out well i thought this one um it was very interesting. Uh, I, might, I might just read it. Honestly, it's it's well, really well put. So yeah. here, here it goes. I always found it very interesting how some mission churches here associate bands and fun songs with new converts. Previously, before my family had become Canadian Reformed, we had been Pentecostal. The services are much different than Reformed services, as you can imagine. Charismatic preaching with loud and exciting music. However, the day we had stumbled into a Reformed church, my parents were touched by the preaching of the gospel because my sheep hear my voice. We familiarize ourselves with the songs very quickly and sing them at home quite often. A church doesn't need a band, charismatic music, or even unreasonably wide variety of songs to receive converts. God's sheep will hear his voice. Something I think we should, however, abolish is our in our community is associating our denomination with an ethnic race, culture, and background. Referring to our churches as Dutch people isn't a fair representation of our churches and is very discouraging for our minority groups. It gives the impression that we don't count. Yeah. So that was, that was interesting. That yeah, there's was a lot in there. Like, yeah, definitely touched on a few different things. I think like even the Pentecostal thing, like that was kind of, um, where Tim came from too. Like his parents yeah, were like right. Pentecostal. Like that was yeah, it's yeah. kind of like looped that in. Same sort of so. path too. A lot of these people get, get saved and come to know, yeah. come to know Christ, but then they come looking for better theology yeah. and they make their way into reformed churches. Yeah. But, I don't even touch on like the Psalms. Like we asked him about the Psalms and, <clears> and he said, well, I don't think it really matters what you sing. It's more like, you know, that you're singing good theology and then, um, which I think we're doing really well. Like we've got a, you know, our, our book, we sing Psalms and then the, the hymns we've decided as, as a federation, we, we sing this in a sung theology and yep. it, um, uh, but yeah, other than that, it doesn't really matter so much how, um, 
how we sing or or what psalms we what songs we sing the variety and stuff like that that yeah it wasn't was, necessarily hindering our missional effort yeah that was a, a an interesting answer not mm-hmm. one i was totally expecting so that was cool to see from tim that in his experience and his travels around the world too he didn't uh he didn't think it matters too much in terms of um that's that's not like, why people are coming to church yeah, if they're being true yeah, seekers yeah. of the word yeah you know like like exactly as this commenter says you know um, God's sheep will, will hear his voice. So that was... Yeah, and that's their experience too, right? I guess as, as she's describing her family, I guess. Or, yeah, yeah um, totally. So, yeah, I think that's beautiful. Like, um, it's the word, the preached word, right? So, and that's something we didn't really talk about. But, so at the end of the comment there too, yeah. she talks about the whole... Uh, people associate, obviously, our churches as Dutch churches, yeah, which for sure. historically that's the case. Now, well, we, yeah. we, were we, chatting about, <laughs> we were chatting a bit, a bit about this before the podcast too, because... Yeah. I always get frustrated when people play this whole Dutch bingo game. Like I know people don't do it like with ill intentions, but yeah. it's like as a someone who's like a third generation uh, removed from the immigration yeah. Oh, yeah, from Holland, it's yeah. like there's, there's less contact to be made by doing that. It, for it you just doesn't. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't do much for me. I find it a bit annoying and off putting cause that's not like how I get to know people. I get it. Why it's been done in the past. That's not who you necessarily relate to. Right? But like I can, you don't know who they're talking about. But I can about. totally see from someone who comes not from, uh, you know, who's not Dutch, basically, who comes to our yeah. churches and becomes part of our churches. They're yeah. going to be, they're going to feel kind of alienated by that, that yeah. practice in particular. So yeah. I think it was, we chatted about this. I think it was something that like came from when they like, when people immigrated, they knew people from back home. And it makes then, sense. You know, people around the country in Canada were like relating through this, you know, we call it Dutch bingo. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know him. He was yep. from my, uh, hometown small and, village yeah, down right. and whatever and, i mean that's cool but i don't think that's how we necessarily relate anymore and to continue that you know i don't know if it's a tradition but to continue that on is yeah i guess it's alienating for people who aren't a part of our you know dutch lineage so yeah so yeah. is that like something like, that is like a big issue that needs to change well probably not but it's more yeah. just just being aware when you're talking to people who who haven't come from our yeah. traditional Dutch heritage. Yeah. It's just something to be aware of because, you know, why set up a stumbling block that yeah, for sure. shouldn't be there. Yeah. And that ties back to like what um, Tim, Tim said about um, that Cuban couple that was in his church. And I thought that was really interesting that like he was describing a tradition in his reformed Baptist church in, in Toronto that um, they were, I guess it was like a reference that he was like, mm-hmm. we all sit down They're You know, they're, I guess more Dutch too. He was describing like, they just sit, you know, before the service, but like a Cuban came in and they were like, Hey, let's uh, like greet each other. Let's take a while to get to our seats and chat. And, and that's not necessarily our, um, our tradition. And so like, yeah. it was kind of alienating for them and they felt that they were unfriendly, which was interesting. Cause it was like, wow, we're not, we like, but we chat after over coffee. That's like what we do. Mm-hmm. Right. But people don't see that. Like they don't. So, so yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh, let's see. And we then, had a uh, couple more comments here too. Uh, a lot of it had to do with the Psalms because we posted that clip about the Psalms singing. Yeah. So. <laughs> but that was, uh, which, you know, people got some interaction for sure. Well, he, he had an interesting comment on it. He was it, a little so cheeky at the end of yeah. it, which people uh, so. didn't exactly appreciate or some some folks. Uh, yeah. So he was admittedly cheeky. But yeah, yeah. yeah. That definitely shows uh, some of our differences in terms of how we view the covenant and, and baptism and that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. Well, there was, a bu- there was a bunch of language in there that, like, you can tell that he's uh, uh was it from a baptist background yeah or, well on background even just he's that's who he in is. that environment and yeah. then so he talks about our youth differently than we do right yeah so and i think his point too about like 
worship, uh, like how well you sing, uh, it correlates to how many converts you get. And I, I don't really buy that. Like I know he yeah. was speaking tongue in cheek perhaps. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, but that point doesn't really stand. Like uh, one of the commentaries have pointed out like uh, five or 10 strong male voices can make the difference, which is completely true. Yeah. Like you don't need that many good singers in a church. Oh to yeah. Make and it, I mean like, yeah. church. <laughs> if your song singing in your church is lacking because of new converts, that means you must be bringing in like 20 to 30% of your congregation every week. Like, yeah, that just doesn't happen. So um i i don't think there's too much merit to that but yeah of course it was just a it was just a yeah tongue-in-cheek comment yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> it's good drives uh, engagement so that was cool well it's good and i mean i guess we're not we're not for our viewers we're not necessarily sloughing off like it was uh mm -hmm. you know some people said oh it was pretty disrespectful that you said that but it was um yeah i think you know if you met him in person, yeah. it probably comes across a bit different too, yeah, but i, I, so. I understand yeah. how if you see something online it's it can yeah, be, uh, you know irksome that way yeah uh, another Psalms kind of comment too, um, just talking about the Geneva Tunes project was not just a Dutch project. It's uh, it was a project of unity to unite the church and it involved uh, Japanese and Portuguese and Korean and English. Yeah, right. And there's uh, just a beautiful unity in that you can go around the world in reformed churches that sing the Psalms and uh, be able to sing with the same tunes too. Yeah, right. Even if it's in a different language, you can yeah, still yeah. recognize it. So yeah. there's, a lot of beauty in, in keeping that uh, that unity there. Yeah. And I think that's something we shouldn't throw away too quickly. Yeah. And that's something I think like um, having um, in our psalm book, it's like uh, knowing all the tunes, right? And not and not just changing yeah. them all the time. And like, exactly. You know, yeah. we're, I mean, we're not very good uh, like singing in rounds and stuff like that. Like probably need some lessons. But yeah, but that kind of thing, like that's what helps our singing, I think, too. So. Mm -hmm. and i mean honestly this is half morphing into a psalms or like hymns episode here. yeah <laughs> we'll uh well, we'll do that there's we'll one in the works well hopefully yeah. we're gonna make that happen too so stay tuned for that folks but yeah yeah one more interesting thing i thought um sure. afterward um i think we're going back a little bit here but um after we chatted with him um i don't know if you'll appreciate us sharing it but <laughs> i think i think it's fine um he said um it's surprising or it's amazing that the the kenny reform churches um the retention of our youth in our churches is is uh, mm -hmm. something that's, I think, far beyond uh, most churches. Mm -hmm. um, totally. And so it's something I guess we can be we can be proud of. But it's something that says something about how our churches are are designed or designed how our culture is in our church. That um, all the kids in our church, for the most part, stay members of our churches. So right. Um, I think I just thought that kind of tied back in my head while I was thinking about it over a week. Um, back to the diversity thing and it, and it kind of does play back and forth, um, in my head. But if, um, if you have a very strict culture of, of reverence of, um, yeah, of this Psalm singing, you know, um, we also have our schools and the, it's a very not simple, but a very, uh, laid out path for a mm -hmm. kid to travel down. Right. Um, in their Structure. life, they're like, yeah, like Structure. You, you know, you do YPS or you do, um, like what they have, like, um, the VB, VBS even for like yeah, little yeah, kids. Yeah. Yeah, and totally. I'm like, so you, you travel through all these programs almost in our church. Yeah. And by the time you get out into high school and then post-secondary, this whole, your whole childhood has been grounded in our church. And so I think that that really facilitates, you know, your, your desire to stay. Totally. And so I think like, yeah. if you were to send like, um, he described like uh, sending his kid to a, a public school, mm -hmm. um, hoping they come to faith or like hoping they come to, confess faith right yeah. which is like a different mindset on how we view the covenant but then yeah. i think that that uh i think that's a really positive thing in our church that totally that we, well, we give these kids something to ground their life in yeah 
right? It's even more important, I, I would say, in today's day and age too, because uh, like we've heard the critique, or I, I've definitely heard this, you probably heard this too, on it being too much of a bubble yeah. and to these kids are too insulated and they, right. don't, they don't know enough of the outside world. And then they get outside and then it's like a whole new thing and right. they don't really know how to handle it. So sure. then, then they're kind of left stranded in that way. But I think with today, like with the internet, like people are very much aware of what's yeah. going on in the outside world and just what's on social media and, mm -hmm. and all that, that kind of stuff too. So yeah, I think, I think once you get past really, post secondary, you're like, I've missed the bubble. <laughs> well, yeah, to a certain extent, honestly, yeah. yeah. Like it's it's really nice, I think, now to have that structure because you really it's balanced out by the internet and internet culture and yeah. like the culture you have at, at your church and at your school and that sort mm -hmm. of thing. And I think honestly, it, we're in a pretty good position as a yeah. federation to uh Yeah, and like I grow. think our churches like they push kids to fill their time with uh with Bible studies and things like that, which mm -hmm. is like I think really healthy. Yeah. Because like we talked about, I guess this is kind of how we ended our, our episode with Tim too was like fill your time with good things not with you know like your addiction you know a porn addiction or yeah, be bad, right so yeah. like if you can abolish that from your life or anything like even uh, gossip and slander like your you know idleness online or whatever yeah. if you can abolish that from your life it's not just about not sinning it's about filling that with something good and I think our churches do um, a good job of like we, we're very intentional about the programs that we run having you know kids you know fill their times with good things right so for sure um uh, yeah any last things you want to address before moving um, on to kind of close this thing up no i think like they pretty well covered it uh I, well i guess maybe one thing i would wouldn't mind saying too is uh so we had tim challies on obviously we have our doctrinal oh, differences yeah. which yeah. Uh, yeah. some people were you know um uh, they would prefer to have more CanRef and uh, other reform guests on. And mm -hmm. make no mistake, this is definitely a podcast to talk about reformed issues. And that is the plan to have uh, the majority of, of, you know, reform people on. But I mean, yeah. Tim's a reform guy too. I mean, we didn't explain ever how we, we got in touch with these, uh, with all of our guests. Like, uh, yeah, we could give the backstory. A, a little bit like but I, the, like Andre kind of fell on our lap. Like that just was very fortunate. Like he put yeah. out a video. He actually was in town. We just, just missed him. That's yep. why we ended up doing virtually. But like then uh, Ian was kind of on our radar when we started this because we were really interested in that topic. And mm -hmm. uh, and your you dad actually, your dad actually met with, with Tim and yeah. that's kind of how we got connected. So right. it wasn't like we uh, like and you're on the go board. out seeking these people. So yeah, it's exactly. a little bit, uh, yeah, I'm on the board for Guido. So yes. I was uh, um, in, co in, co in contact with Jason. So yeah. Um, so, so far, it's just been very fortunate, the guests that we've had on. So, so and we've had awesome, awesome conversations. So. Totally. So, so now we got to go dig in. Yeah. But uh, we so. got some more episodes planned and just some reassurance that we're, we're not straying from the path here, folks. <laughs> and we're going to keep and, the podcast on yeah, straight I mean, and narrow. <laughs> and we did both notice that the, the verbiage was a little like, um, he was pretty Baptist in some it's of the ways he phrased things. Yeah. It's a different view. But I think uh, we yeah. definitely all learned something from it. And I think we can take it for what it's worth. And, and like he said, he was like, acknowledge your differences, but then like, we can also, you know, talk about how we can work um, together because the world's moving one way as Christian, as Christians in general, we should be helping each other move in the other way. Right? So totally. All right. So, well, I think that probably closes the show. So. Yeah. Not much Whatever. else to say. So yeah. Um, Stay tuned, folks. We'll have another episode. Should be good coming out very Sound, soon. Sounds good. Keep having real conversations right and we'll catch you on the next one. Good stuff. Cheers. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Real Talk. If you want to send us your feedback, please email us at reformedrealtalk at gmail.com. If you want to find us online, go to Real Talk Podcast 
reformedrealtalk.ca. If you want to find us on social media or your favorite podcast app, just search Reformed Real Talk and we should come up. Looking forward to your feedback as that's what helps us grow and improve as podcasters. This show is produced by myself, Lucas Hofleur, and Tyler Vanderwood. The theme music was produced by Calvin Hutton. Photo and video credits for this episode go to Ben Nobles. And finally, the table and cabinet in the studio here were made by Ethan Vanderwood of Eureka Woods. Thank you once again for listening. We hope you were informed and inspired by this episode. Keep having real conversations, and we'll catch you on the next one.